Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I think it's fair to say, Kingy, we have to start with offering our sympathies to the royal family, and I think to everybody feels the same with the loss of the Queen, really, who's been mm. here forever. Well, it's all we've known. Yeah, it is. It's funny, we have a neighbour who's uh, in his 80s, and I think he's 82, and it's odd to think that, you know, like, we think the Queen's always been there, but he's 82, but when he was born, the Queen was kind of a teenager, well, I think, and I think it was, it, you know, I think it's lovely in, in the sense that because she was so fondly thought of by uh, by the majority of people in the country, what was what what was lovely, um, as you know, we were at a, an event at Pub in the Park, mm. and it was a collective event of actually a, a joyous celebration of a life, but also a collective grief. It was very tangible; those two emotions all the way through that weekend. Yeah, it was, and yeah. It, it was it was really quite remarkable. Yeah, and I think it's true to say, like in terms of service, all the years of service and amazing, and she's never messed up and brought a lot of comfort and warmth to she many is. many people. Yeah, you know, rich, poor, in between, all around the world. Well, I was it was one of because I I just thought about my granddaughter and all all she will know in effect if you think about it is kings, mm. she's not going to know any queens. That's it. and I think quite apart from uh, quite apart from the politic of it all, it's about the humanitarian thing of it. Yeah. In, in in the sense that that there was a woman that worked tirelessly uh, in her role as a monarch, and and whatever you think politically. That's pretty remarkable, and 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 everybody should afford her that level of respect. Absolutely, Res- respect and thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were so lucky to be part of the seventieth, the Platinum Jubilee. Can you imagine that? And she was there. Mm-hmm. Um, really, she was having a crack on with Pant and Bay in the front room. I think was she, she was. Yeah, having a sandwich. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Anyway, I think it's time to really wish her that she rests in peace. And indeed. And the commiserations with the close family and also everybody else, we all feel it. It is a shared loss. It's time to welcome the team and bringing your tales of war to us today is, of course, Mr. Jeeves. Hello. Hello. Uh, nice to see you all. And I should say for this um, uh, podcast, whereas uh, sometimes we're all in different parts of the country, uh, Sai and Dave are sat next to each other. Look at that. Look at that. Do you know what's on, happened? On, on a naughty boys week, I understand. Well, no, not that naughty. Mrs. Myers is away for the week. So Simon has come to look after me. Ah. And take me to the hospital Aww. on Thursday. Are we going Thursday? I hope so. So do yeah. I. Yeah, it's going very well, thank you. Yeah, no, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, not, 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 it's not what you call like a day out. Well, no. no, I mean, we've had better days out. We've be had fair. better days out, but you know, um, it's going to be a laugh when we walk in, isn't it? I brought my friend. <laughs> Hello. What are you doing to my mate? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and is Uncle Dave behaving himself, Uncle Ty, or are you having to lay the law down? 
No, no, Uncle David's behaving himself, and um, and 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 yeah, and we might have been a little bit naughty last night, but not very much. I'm very glad to hear it. Uh, we have had uh, quite a lot of contact um, on various bits that have been in the podcast recently, including the subject of fuel poverty, actually, which came up. And this comes from Amy Whitehead, who dropped a line to us and said, uh, the great old-fashioned slow cooker is the new revelation, just like great Uncle Dave said. About your great Uncle Dave now, Dave. Because I'm old. So it's about the induction wok. Apparently an induction wok costs so little to power, it's fantastic. Is this yep. something that you're aware of? Yes, it's, it's well, as, as I'm now in the country, in my country heist, um, I, have a, I have an auger, a five of an auger. No, no, it's working really well. I'll fuck it up. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You had your breakfast on it. Yeah, it was lovely, Dave. It, well, it was. The sausages were a bit off, but that was because they'd been in... But no, it's fine. That's one thing I, I need. We're um, by a company called Buffalo, and they do that for catering. It's, induction, uh, it's an induction thing, single thing, that you can just sit a walk inside it. Hob. Yeah, induction hob. But you get, like, all the heat outside your walk. They've got them, so I think I'll get one of those. Apparently very cheap to run, I've heard as well. Yes. Yeah, because it's not on for long, is it? Well, really? no, because that hot. On a stir-fry. I mean, you know, what what does it take? Yes. Well, it's, uh, it, it's a, a busy week for you this week in terms of the uh, problems that you're going to be solving, so uh, we shall look forward to those. Indeed. And to help us solve your riddles, oh, it's the woman who owns a small place in the country. Well, you might have heard it. You know, it's called Surrey. It's Posh Tash. Morning. Hello, your Royal Hello. Highness. Morning, you <laughs> lovely poshness, you. I just think I might slowly start to dream I'm all these things you say I am, because I don't think I really am. I've actually got a tattoo parlour just down the road. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah, but it only tattoos posh people. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, hello, are you posh? Yes, come in, I'll tattoo yes, you. Yes, uh, posh, yes. I have very like posh a... words down the edge of my arm. Yes, right yes. <laughs> I'd like a fleur-de-lis on my left button, please, posh. <laughs> and uh, would you mind awfully putting the word eclectic? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, and anti-disestablishmentarianism. Yeah, yes, antitarianism. Big enough to have that across the bottom. Don't worry. Do you know there was a great there was a great moment when and there was a particular restaurant that Jane and I used to frequent takeaway called the Ping On and Gateshead. Still there, dead famous. Ping On, Ping On. Yeah, Chinese. Funny enough, yeah. And and there was a guy there that used to own it, and he was hilarious. I don't know whether he's still there or not. And this is some 35 years ago, and this, this lady came in and she was really chuffed with a tattoo that she'd had just across the bottom of her back. And it was all in Chinese, right? <laughs> and she thought it was a name that happened to be Chloe, but it actually wasn't. It just said supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the absolute truth. And Michael was absolutely crying with laughter. And I'm saying, what did it say? And he goes, it didn't. It, was, it wasn't a name. Oh, and I no. said, what was it? What, what is it? And yeah, it said supermarket. That is brilliant. You always wonder if that can happen. Like they're so chuffed. Absolutely, it, like, definitely. Can you do it in Chinese? I, I, I can't read Mandarin or write it, so I just thought I'd get a tattoo with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Do you, do you, my um, nephew, he's, he works as an airline steward. He's absolutely lovely, our Angus. He had this message on his arm, and it was going to be... He, <laughs> Chinese or something like that. Anyway, he decided to have it done in Hebrew because it was less pain involved in the letters. <laughs> <coughs> but of course, he's, he's a bit stuck when he flies to certain countries. Do you know what I mean? He's got his sleeves on. Bless him. So why did you have it done in Hebrew? We're not Jewish, son. So no, it's less, there's less ink than there is in. 
<laughs> anyway, Simon. Yes. Should we let's get solving and play that jingle? I will. I'm pressing now. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. In today's cacophony of calamity, you'll be casting your vast experience and giant brains on these dilemmas. We have, and I think only Dave can say this properly, uh, cake. Cake! Kick! There it is. Stolen dreams. My, I just love the way Dave says kick. My son has been adopted by aliens, and I ruined my sister's Oof. happiness. But we're going to start with cake, Ooh. or as it should be sound, kick. Thank you, dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. Says Sonia. I hope you don't insomnia? mind. That's insomnia. Uh, no, Sonia, you deaf son. Oh, hell with really my ears. Up. This chemo. Oh, she Ooh. says. Sonia, insomnia says. I hope you don't mind, but I have to mention the c word. <laughs> Christmas. Oh, oh Christmas. Christmas. Oh, right. okay. That's off the hook. My kids are all feeling the pinch, and I want to treat them all to something nice and home-baked this Christmas, so I want to make them a Christmas cake each. I haven't done one before. What I'm thinking is I'll nick your recipe off your website for a wedding cake, but then I think I have to let it soak in some sort of alcohol for about a month before I put any icing on. My questions are, one, is that right? Two, which alcohol? And three, how do I know when it's time to stop soaking it and ice the buggers? I'll be making four of these, so want to get cracking? Thanks for your help. Insomnia or Sonia, depending on how you feel about it. Yes. Over to you. Well, it depends if you're a purist. You see, like your mother. <laughs> your mother would make the cakes and puddings, and it was tradition to feed the cake, feed the cake right up until today. So now's not a bad time to start baking, is it? Yeah, October time's good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mum would do it. Honestly, it was a... Reli- so what happened was everybody was called... Normally at the beginning of October, everybody was called, including Dave, was called to mm. the house. And actually, you got the honour once of throwing the six... That, that old five-penny three-penny bits, bits things yeah. in. And... um because uh, she used to throw those in and uh, fundamentally she was just to look at the drawer to see who choked on Christmas dinner but that's a bit <laughs> that's a name, tell um, so and and we all used to have to stir the cake in a tradition make a wish mum would make the cakes and then all she would do was feed them mm-hmm. and feed them with um, some preferred rum others preferred preferred brandy but that's the alcohol that you feed them with would it be fair to say it's what, what she had in really yeah it was yeah, yeah. exactly that Exactly that. You know, I'm I'm very similar to Sonia. So I had never cooked my own Christmas cake and I'm a mad, mad Christmas fan, but never cooked Christmas cake. And you say start now and then you say keep feeding it. Yes. So you say start now, make yeah. it. How often are you then feeding it? Daily? Weekly? Monthly? No, weekly. Uh, weekly. It would be once a week. You wrap it in foil, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it nice I and mean, moist. What we did do as well is a recipe that we've done recently. I think it's online and it's for a last minute Christmas cake. Mm. Right. So it's like your emergency Christmas cake that doesn't need feeding. That's more my style, I think. Um, but no, no, there's something wonderful about keeping the, the cake and feeding it in anticipation. And the flavour does build up. I mean, some of your mother's Christmas puddings, uh, I mean, used to be one or two years old. Mm-hmm. Because of the alcohol, they were preserved and just got richer and richer. Mm. It was, un- yeah. they were unbelievably, unbelievably good. Yeah. 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 You're also saying, you're talking about the cake. There's the cake and there's the pudding. 
There is. They're two, they're two different mixes. Yeah, two different creations. But, but similar vibe, though. You feed the pudding as well as the yeah. cake. Yeah. And, um, but don't worry about too much. It'll be... The nice thing is if you make some big Christmas cakes like that, just keep one aside without the icing and you've got a lovely, lovely fruit cake. Mm. I mean, I personally love... I'm not keen on marzipan. No, no, no. So for me... Best bit, best bit. Oh, freak. And the royal icing, no, it was your teeth on edge. No, you're just, just like a Dundee cake, you know, with almonds and apricot jam. Have oh, yeah. that with a slice of Lancashire cheese mm, mm. and a cup well, of hot tea. We did, we did. We're open Huntley all the time, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, I think we should go and buy a fruit cake. Should have. <gasps> well, no, we're cooks. No, sod it. Let's go and buy one. I think we should buy a fruit cake, <laughs> some cheese, and relive at that moment. That's good. Yeah, but Christmas cakes, it's... Can we have the whiskey as well, or no? Yes, a little dram. But, but it's true that, though, that by starting early now, planning it, it becomes an event, it becomes special. And the cakes are special. And what a special gift for people as well. Mm. Um, it was lovely. We always... It's just... You know those, those family traditions that you have mm. during, that, during the festive yeah. period? And, um, yeah, and, and, and Mum... Yeah, Mum would normally start at the beginning of October, wouldn't she? Mm. Yeah. Can I can I just go back? So if if we're giving proper advice, you say it can be whiskey, it could be rum. What is the what's the favourite? Well, it's rum, brandy, or whiskey. So basically, if you think about the fruit, what you what you're doing is you're just you're plumping that fruit as it yeah. sits in, and it doesn't take too much. Maybe a tablespoon every okay. week. Okay, so you're only talking about ten tablespoons. It's not it's not ridiculous, albeit it depends who's feeding the cake. Yeah. <laughs> one in there, one on there. Yeah, well, quite. Okay. I, I would have thought brandy was about the safest. Brandy's about the you safest. Know, rum will, it'll be rum, become rum flavoured. Yeah. Uh, whiskey, there's always a whiskey, but brandy, it's somehow mm. generic, comfy flavour. And right. it sits really well because mum used to make the puddings with uh, with stout and it was it was like a proper stout, mm. but also sweetheart stout, which is stuff that you get up in Scotland. Like Mackeson, isn't Mackeson's, it? It used to be Mackeson in England, stout, sweet yeah. stout. And, yeah. um, and uh, but then she got uh, just before she died. There was like the tiny, tiny little bit of all these weird stouts coming in. And what we did was, ma'am, you know, with a cold craft brewing mm. thing. And my mum said, oh, well, I'm not entirely sure which one it is. And then she gave us a ring. She says, I'm not feeling very well. I thought, oh, God. So I went across and she wasn't feeling very well. She was just pissed trying all these stouts. <laughs> Come on, well, I'm not entirely sure. Well, this is not Guinness and Madison. She says it's a halfy half. It's in it's between the half. two. It's like, this is not right. And I was like, ma'am, how many have you had? <laughs> and she went, well, it was just these lines. Oh. <laughs> Ye- years, years ago, we did a series called The Hairy Bakers. And episode, the last episode, oh, it's going back to 2007, something like that. Mm. Uh, we made a, a couple's wedding cake for real. It was BBC Jeopardy. We made like this eight foot wedding cake and we aced wow. it. But what we did was we needed to make, we had a, a baker advisors and he worked at a baker. What was it? Melbury. Tiff. Tiff, Tiff from Melbury. Give us his kind of industrial fruitcake mix. Now, the recipe for this is online and it's free. So we're not trying to sell a book, but it had like dried pineapple in. Yeah. It had no fat, did it? It was made with oil. It's oils. Yeah. Uh, oils. And it's a really good fruitcake recipe. And that actually translates quite well to a Christmas cake. It does. It um, does. And that doesn't need feeding. You oh, can, yes. You, yes, it does. Oh, you can feed. Look, feeding is optional. All we're saying is, so if you're going to make it ahead of time, the reason that you make it ahead of time is because you've got your, to give yourself time to feed it. However, right. on our website, because um, I'm sure the powers that will be, I'll uh, put it on hairybikers.com and, um, and we'll do that last minute Christmas cake. So you'll find it up there. 
and also, um, and, and also, I think we have to, we have to Tiff's, in the Christmas book. book yeah. Tiff's Tiff's recipes there, I think, somewhere. But it'd certainly be online for the wedding cake, definitely uh, for Harry Baker's. But it was an interesting recipe, and it was funny because we had to make so much. At first, we actually mixed it in a wheelbarrow on the kitchen floor <laughs> with plastic. Um, but what what we're going to do? We were going to use a cement mixer, yeah, which cool. we thought, would take that, but they wouldn't let us do that because of paint issues. Oh. Yeah, nah. Shame! God, that'd be amazing. Good telly. Yeah. No, it was yeah. good telly. It was. I, I would found a little mini mixer as well. I was really disappointed. Yeah, mini mixer that. for the yeah. kitchen top. But, but there was something. The scale of it. You know, literally mixing it. You know, obviously clean. Um, but a wheelbarrow full of mix. But the cake was stunning. And actually, were leftovers, weren't there, from that that Lord. we that we kept. And I, I actually, I did mine wrapped in foil and fed them. And um, so I actually had my Christmas cakes off that. Mm. Um, so good, so good. So, and it also creates a little yeah. bit of tradition in yeah. the family then. And yeah. that's lovely, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. coming up to Christmas, feeding the cake. Right, time to feed the cake. Yeah, I like that. I don't do that. I'm very bad. I haven't made the cake, but I have a, a tradition. I won't mention the chef's name because it's not the Harry Bikers. Um, but I do a recipe of fudge with my children every year. We make Whose recipe? Come on, you can tell. Oh, it's Nigella, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah, no. Well, of course completely. it would be. She lives around the door next door to you in <laughs> <and> Chelsea. <laughs> One day you will be round that table having dinner on the table. Yes, pretending to be a friend. Yes. Nah. No, mad fan for the fudge. But we make it and I wrap it. We give it as gifts and everyone expects to have our fudge every Christmas because we make it with the kids. But the, the kids remember it and I've done it all over the world. I'll never not make my fudge. We call it mustachio smudge. But don't, yeah, just... Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, how lovely. How nice. What a nice tradition. Well, do have a go at the Christmas cake, because basically once you've got all the stuff, Mm -hmm. it's an assembly. Yeah, it is. And then once once you've created that assembly, you've baked it, then you've got that sense of anticipation. Yeah. And make the thing with the kids, you know, just just go and put put a big tablespoon of brandy on and wrap it, make sure it's well wrapped up. Because it it matures, doesn't it? It does. That's the thing that it's not just for effect. The booze and the time... It'll just mature. It'll get richer and more tasty. And can I? If I, I haven't got time this weekend, but let's say I try my first ever hairy bikers cake next weekend, then I we can report on it and see how I do. And I'll report every week. I fed it. And we can see how we get on. I'm going to do it. My first Great. ever cake. Fantastic. Good, good. That would be Great. Great. Tash. Make yeah. sure you film it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. No, no, you're talking no, 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 no. <laughs> Um So, Tash, the, the other thing as well, get a cake tin because, um, yeah, there was always a scramble around yes. for cake tins. Oh. Um, so, you know, so once you've got, you know, the cake tins that you used to take for home economics when you yeah, were, yeah. When you were a daily spot. No, 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 oh, no it's storage. I think you're storage. talking about, yeah. yeah. I've got some nice plastic ones with a handle on the top. Yeah. And they uh-huh. just clip together and they keep the air out. Okay, tip. Going to get one this weekend. I'm on it. Oh, Next tip. weekend, I'm making it. Brilliant. I'm excited now. Good. Yeah, it's fun, actually. I think I might as well, actually. You know what? I think I will as well. Let's do it. Let's do it, shall we? It'd be so good in the Argo, wouldn't it, really? (laughs) It won't dry out. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Your job side this week, your job side this week is to bring him down a peg or two, please. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. There's no chance of that. You should see this, honestly. No, well, I've been through this year and he's bolstering up, mate. I tell you. Definitely. No peg or twos are going to be falling down here. Oh, no. (laughs) Over the right kick in the bollocks. You know, I'm coming coming back now, but you know. He's coming coming back. Aye. I've got an arger. Yeah, well, that's why you come back. Do you know what I've done, Kingy? You know what I sneaked out before? Yeah. I got I got some pies out the freezer and they're just thawing. So I'm going to stick them in the harger. In half an hour, we can have a nice hot pie for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Sonia, you have started quite a few things there with your Christmas cake, so thank you very much for getting in touch. And uh, that's one of our favourite episodes, the one where you made the wedding cake. And I'll just ask, for those who watched it as well, uh, you, you, there seemed to be genuine fear on your faces at the point at which the bride and groom got to see the wedding cake. Was that oh, real? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was real, there was several bad things. Right, somebody had the bright idea that we'd use the snooker table to do the cake, and we literally did. When it was filmed, we were in the middle of the night. We were the middle of the night. Kingy had the most incredible ability to craft icing daisies like you've never seen. Oh. It was so immaculate. But putting it on the snooker table, it was all right in daylight. But what happened was, of course, snooker tables, they have a lights on a meter, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So every so often, we're running around trying to find 20p <laughs> for the snooker table for the meter. 40 quid it cost, isn't yeah. 20p? <laughs> but then the worst bit was, because it's eight feet tall, it was five tiers. It's the balancing act. But when you're doing the layers, and it's like after all this time, all and, this work. And it was that, like, we had, it was like a scaffold rig. Yeah, inside. Oh, man, it was. The world of, you know, like mega cake building is a mad one. So, what we wanted to do was we wanted to illustrate a different decorating technique on each layer. Hence the, the, the side. It was, it, was, it was good fun, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Looked it looked terrifying. It, looked it was terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. It was. It was. But, and it was a real yeah. wedding. Yeah, yeah and that's no, the point. It wasn't staged, was it? It was, the, it was like that was their no, cake. No. Here it is. But that was Tiff's recipe. And, it's and, good recipe. And it's, I say the oil in it keeps it really moist. Lovely. Sounds absolutely right. Our excellent Barry will be putting up the last minute Christmas cake and the wedding cake on the website. Old Bazaar. Old Bazaar. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Food! Makes everything better. It's time for another problem. This comes from Ruth Johnson, and it's called Stealing My Dreams. Oh. Hello, Dave and Cy and Posh Tash and the Duke. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I like that. Love the podcast so much. Thank you. My problem is I keep having a recurring dream that oh. I'm stealing things from people. <sighs> So far this week, I've stolen a ring from a cousin I haven't seen in over 35 years. I've stolen toiletries from a friend's bathroom. Just to clarify, I don't steal in my waking life. Please help. What could this mean, Ruth? There's a great, great book that is The Interpretation of Dreams. And I think that's actually, boringly, what you call it. And it's, uh, it's, it is. Have a look on Tinternet. Um, in fact, have a look on harrybikers.com because now I've mentioned it, Barry will have it straight up there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it up there. Yeah. Right. And, uh, anyway, um, and uh, I think um, stealing is about, If I, and correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, and I'm sure you will, is about um, insecurity and indecision. Oh. It's the moral dilemma of both. Oh, dear. Meaning of stealing dreams. dreams. Oh, Google's oh. going to be great at this. Dave's Googling. Other, other things are Meaning available. of stealing in dreams. Yeah. Dreaming about stealing can be quite a personal attack. A dream concerning stealing links to your own identity and the loss of something important. This may be, yeah, but, but this is if you're being, stuff's being nicked off you. Oh, I see. I don't know. 
or dreaming that you're stealing suggests that a desire or a need that you have is not being fulfilled in your life. When you dream of stealing, it suggests that whatever you're lacking is big enough to impact your life and your dreams. So now's the time to do something about it. It can suggest neediness in your personality or a vulnerability, depending on where the dream took place. Dreaming of stealing reveals unrealized goals and drafts enough in it. Yeah, so insecurity and shit in your pants. Yeah, (laughs) Shortly, shortly after I got married, it was funny, and we were doing something like one of those studio shows where we were doing four cookeries a day. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? The recipes in your head and everything. Anyway, Lil walked up. Wardrobe door was open. Mm-hmm. I'm bollock naked. I'm <laughs> cooking. She thought first of having a wee in the wardrobe. Typical man, but I wasn't. And um, I was doing a piece to camera and cooking in the, with the wardrobe open, as if oh. it was like a, a telly set of going, so if you chop the onion, yes, uh, I, I was doing full throttle, she woke up. But then of course my coup de grace at the end was, Kingy, get off me ass. <laughs> because what, cause what he sometimes does that you don't know, is like if we're doing sat in the kitchen, he grabbed me bum, so I go, <laughs> and so my poor <laughs> wife's there with this naked man cooking in the wardrobe, shouting, <laughs> Kingy! <laughs> I don't know that, that was over work, I think. I don't, time don't have done, yes, that when you're cooking in the wardrobe, it was yeah. time to have a day off. Time they to do carry out. say that your dreams are not your desires, but people think you'll dream big. But actually, you, do, you often dream things because it's your worries and your insecurities, and you try and solve them in your dreams because it's easier to solve in your head than it is to do in real life. So actually, yeah, dream big is, is not as, as, as much as you want it to be. Yeah, I did the other day actually that one of Rockley, my youngest son's uh, friends, tipped up and picked me up in a white Porsche. <laughs> He's eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's certainly not um, humility, is it, really? No, <laughs> very random. <laughs> Never mind. I often dream I'm falling. That's one of my ones I always remember. Oh, I, I do falling. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. I like to do flying. I love flying dreams. Mm. That, that's Ooh. really good. Where you're, well, you're flying. actually flying. Or you're oh, yeah, you've got the power to fly. You just flap your arms and you're off. Yeah, love it. Love it, yeah. Kingy? That's probably Uncle, really good. Uncle Kingy? I, I, I kind of never remember mine. Lost oh. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Normally you'd see that it's, 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 it's awake and then asleep. Do you have filthy dreams? I don't have anything in the middle. Do you have filthy dreams? No. I don't know. Well, I don't know, do I? Because I never remember any of them. There are those dreams that people have and they dream they do something awful and they wake up apologetic or you dreamt that your husband's horrific and you wake up angry with them. You can't shake the emotion that you've had in the dream. You know, you're a bit pissed off. Oh, yes, I've had that before, actually, come to think of it. Yes, I had that. Yes, I have had that. I have that, yeah. It's stayed with me ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, who's that then? (laughs) I I, I couldn't possibly say. (laughs) Somebody said, like, dreams are like emptying the dustbin of your mind, aren't they? I think, yeah. Are they the dustbin, though? This I don't know, I thing. like dreaming. I, don't, yeah. I very rarely have bad dreams. Uh, no. It's funny, it's like, when, when I used to work as a makeup artist, I still get anxiety dreams about the times when I was crew. Yeah. But I never get anxiety dreams about the bikers and us. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The work thing's just fine. But the other stuff, maybe it's like when you're crew, you're so dependent on... Well, not being fired. Well, it's the paranoia. They tweak it's the paranoia. paranoia they thing. like the paranoia, don't they? Yeah, keep, they tweak keep, they keep you under control. Yeah, they keep the paranoia. Mm. Just go, don't you forget you're only as good as your last job. Yeah. Don't yeah, you yeah. forget I still think you're a shit. 
Yeah, it's like all those dreams where you turn up on set and you can't get your, your all your gear hasn't arrived and or you forget what you're doing, you know. And the car doesn't work. Oh, that yeah. was one of mine, actually. Yeah. But they're dreams I'm going in without your clothes off. Personal reality. I spend my whole time awake going, Oh, tomorrow, what have I got to do? Oh, tomorrow. Oh, God, the list. Oh, God. And then I wake up and go, Oh, that's fine. People say you should leave a notepad by your bed. So if you start to dream and then you wake up and start to worry, you write them down. But I really oh, don't Life's too short, time. I know, but by that time, you've written them down, you're awake. So there's no point in going back to sleep, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. meanwhile, our lovely caller is on the rob and a licked notepad. <laughs> <laughs> like it. <laughs> on well, the rob. On the rob. Well, there you go, Ruth. There's, uh, there's, and, and actually, to anyone who's listening who uh, may have uh, any help to offer, then just agony uncles at theherrybikers.co.uk. We would love to hear from you about that. If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. It's time for our next problem, which is called Teenage Agony. I need a male teenager name and a lady's name. So, uh, Sai, uh, could you come up with a male teenager name, please? And Dave, a lady's name. Rory. Rory's good. Shazza. Rory and Shazza. Dear Uncle Sai, mm. Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, I would like my son back, and I wonder if you could help to locate him. Rory mm. has always been such a lovely, happy-go-lucky, fun-loving boy. He laughs like a drain. He's happy messing about in the garden or kicking round on bikes with his friends. Well, that was until he turned 14 earlier this year, since when Rory has seemingly been replaced with a completely different child. He is sulky, shouty, grumpy, and generally hates everyone and everything in the whole world. As a group of people who may have witnessed this terrifying transition from child to adulthood, I'm hoping for some seeds of comfort, that this will end, all will be well, and more importantly, the date of that change, as I might need to put in a bulk order of red wine. Please help, Shazza. Over to you. You need roughly six years of it. <laughs> yeah. You need roughly six years of red wine. You, uh, you'll see little flashes that keep your hope alive that they're going to end up as a rounded, grounded, beautiful human being as you've given them and brought them up with the moral compass that you and your family have lived by for centuries. However, it's uh, called adolescence. Yeah, and adolescence, you're kind of hit with an ugly stick. Ugh. Emotionally, everything, isn't it? Ugh. I remember when my voice broke... Um, uh, my mother was downstairs and I just shouted, well, I went upstairs, Mom! I came downstairs, Mom! And she went, what the hell would happen? But <laughs> it was quick, you only had little stairs. Oh, I did, I did. It was, it was that quick, but oh God, yes. This, this ugly phase, isn't it? Oh, it's it's hard. It's hard for the teenagers, but by God, yeah, I think that, that's where university is useful because that's like a, a, a point within the six-year plan yes. where they leave under their own terms, get the shit together mm -hmm. and come back better. But, but not better, but just, it is hard, isn't it, when you're trying to make your way in the world? It is. And I, th and I think, you know, don't forget that it's not just, you know, that it is actually physiological changes that are going on in their bodies. It's so important to remember that. And also what, what's really quite hard for, for most parents is to remember what they were like 
because what all you what your intention what you always try to do is take the moral high ground and go well you shouldn't be doing that because it's this that and the other and then you just have to stop and think and go well what did I do actually it was twice as bad and um, I'm I'm talking nonsense so you have to and I, and I think it's a time as well where your children are, are growing there are chemical changes going on in their brain yeah. there are chemical changes going on in their body but also there is that moment where you have noticed that you're going to have to let go soon because they are going to be adults and they're turning into those. And it's quite tough, that. It's a hard emotional shift. I will put my hands up. I, so I'm in the middle of it, Shazza. I'm with you. I'm knee deep in red wine, port, champagne, anything, anything that goes to keep me through it. I've got two teenagers and it, they are gorgeous and amazing human beings. Yeah. But they are tough sometimes, you know, and there are low points where you just kind of go I can't believe I brought up someone so rude so disrespectful so you know so miserable so grunty you know all those lovely things you've done they, they don't they're not grateful and then there are windows where they they are grateful mm. because they do they don't may not say thank you but something else they do by just coming home on time when they said they would you realize they're respecting you slightly they you have glimmers you really mm. do and I think I, I cling to them and I the roller coaster is huge <laughs> I'll give you my, one of my favourite stories of, of uh, lack of gratitude. My son recently went to a festival. It was a rite of passage. It was a very expensive ticket. To, I thought he'd be very grateful. Um, and then the weekend was full of calling me because he was miserable and tired and grumpy and cold. And then it was amazing. And then I had to go and pick him up and they didn't want picking up. And then I just, I, you know, four days of me on tenderhooks. Um, he came home without the things I'd sweetly supplied for him. Because just so I preface this. He decided to go away. I said, what can I get you for the camping trip? Nothing. Don't need anything. Just leave me alone. I could do it myself. I was like, I'm fine, but you might need to eat or sleep on something. So should I get anything ready? Leave me alone. I could do it myself. Do it myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, fine. Leave it alone. So he packed himself, I think, two packets, of, two packets, two pairs of boxer shorts. Uh, I think that was it. And I put in a sleeping bag just in case. And then I said, here is a loaf of bread for you because I feel the food's going to be expensive. I very kindly gave me some money for other buying food. But a bread, if you've had a couple of drinks or you're on your own and you're cold, nibble the bread, bit of basic sustenance. All I could think of was putting in there. So I did that. He came home happy, uh, no tent, no chair, nothing really in the bag whatsoever. Lost a lot, wasn't particularly grateful, pretty rude when he got home. And then I said to him, did you eat the bread? And he went, I didn't eat it. He goes, next year when I go, could you get me a non-slice loaf, please? And I was like, oh, interesting comment, non-slice loaf. And I was like, why a non-slice loaf? He goes, well, I use it as a pillow and sliced is rubbish pillow. It's not. <laughs> and I was like, did you use the bread as a pillow all weekend? He went, yeah, yeah, I didn't eat it. I had nothing else to sleep on. I was like, wow. So, and that's all he could say. His only gratitude was to ask me for a non-slice loaf to sleep on next year. And that was enough said. And I was like, wow, I'd funded you. I offered help. But apparently it was all my fault at the end. He was so uncomfortable. But, but yeah. So there's little bits like that, isn't there? That I just think is fantastic. I love that. No, I didn't need it. I used it as a pillow. I'll tell you what you didn't used to Genius. love it at the time with all lads. I remember this one time was dead funny. I was around at Kingy's and... Um, it was a time where it was Alex, your eldest, who I must say now is the most wonderfully rounded, kind, caring human being. So he's come out the other side. But at that time, it was you tried so hard, like you are, to oh. make things happen. And it was when the, it was going to bed. And you'd had a drink, so you were feeling full of bonhomie. Yeah, and yeah. he shouted, 
night night son night night i love you i love you i love you son i love you and then this kid i love you too dad and this glow went across his face and then alex just sticks her around the door and went not and that was it and then i saw kingy why are you alone? <laughs> <laughs> like stampeding rhinos up the stairs. I thought, oh gosh, it's all kicked off. But can I just say as well is, you see, we seem to be down on young men. By God, young ladies, when they're adolescent, yeah. can be really, really mean. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's gender specific. But I have to say, I am very keen to understand. Because yes, we all come through it. Someone told me you find them in the end. They start... They come back to you and so it's just it is natural it's just riding the storm out and just being for them so they say to them i'm here for you i, I only want to help i don't want to ruin your life because they all think we're in their lives i'm just i'm here for you but also remember i have feelings too you know that mm. because like we're not punch bags at the end of the day parents well actually i disagree because we are um, and it's inevitable. We, it's, it's very painful on occasion, but the fact of the matter is that adolescents are pushing boundaries. And if they can't push them within the family and have due, you know, due justice deal dealt yeah, when that happens, but it's, a, it's the safest environment yes. to do it. Yeah, they're pushing the boundaries in a safety zone, aren't they? They are. Um, yeah. I always say to my kids, always, because they're, they're wonderful, all of mine, I always go, I will always love you, honestly, no matter what. And I've said it to them at bedtime. Well, I don't put my elder one to bed anymore, but I, I will always love you no matter what, but I don't have to like you. And it's my job to help you be the kind of person you need to be. Mm. So you're always like, because we can't all always be liked all the time. And I got mm. to be able to say, I didn't really approve of what you did or you, that's how we shape them. But the, the mm. one person they can always come back to is always me. Of course, mm. I'll always love them and they can push their boundaries with us. And I think that's the biggest testament is when somebody else outside your family goes, God, your son is lovely or your daughter's gorgeous. And you know you've done well. That's the job I've done. I think that's it. And that was the, the, that's always the frustrating thing because my response to all of that, you know, most of the time the boys would be like, we listen, you know, uh, Sai, the kid, the lads are a credit to you and Jane. Oh, yeah, amazingly polite. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, amazing and polite on the other But, you know, uh, when Uncle Dave comes to stay, he's amazing and polite to Uncle Dave. They're complete and utter little shite houses to Jane and I. Yeah. And the rest of the family. But no, well, it's my Uncle Dave. I love my Uncle Dave. Well, do you know what I mean? My mother used to say to me, <sighs> when, when I was, you know, I, I, I was the same, you know, in a, in a way. And um, my mother used to say her expression was, always oh, a street angel and a house devil, she used to say to me. Um, <laughs> That's a great saying. Yeah, but I think it's... You know, the irony is as well, I would do... I'd love nothing more than to be with my children all the time. You know, there's a mm. lot of people going, oh, I'm glad they're out the house. Oh, it's very here, easy here. to do flippant comments about teenagers. And they're pretty hideous when they're hideous. But give me my day with my kids any day. I love them. I'm dreading them leaving and I'm dreading them going mm. out and being mm. on their own. So, you know, I'd have them grumpy or not. And I think that, and, and they're an all too easy target as well, because the pressures on, and I mean, look, it's always generational, isn't it? It's and huge the pressures, are they, yeah, that, school pressures are much worse than it was when yeah, I was at school. Because then they're impacted with mm. social media, they're impacted with, mm. with, with wanton, wanton marketing men and mm. consumerism going, well, you're not good. If you don't look like this, you're not like this, you're not like that, you don't. So 
information download is unbelievable. There's no depth to knowledge anymore because it's all about sound bites and it's all about headlines. Yeah. And and that that has an enormous impact, but we don't give them enough credit for actually picking through the shit of all that because they're really adept at it. Yeah, and it's like I think as well is a lot of young people today, they're more aware of the ecological impact of stuff on the planet. Thank God. You know, the, the young people have got up and raised a voice about what we're doing to the world. Yeah. And um, I think uh, I think as a home, you, yeah, you've got to put with it. It's just got to be constant mm. and loving and safe environment. And I think that, like you said, it, Kingy, it's because it's safe they can have a kick. Mm. Um, mm. But uh, as, as, as for your bread situation, <laughs> I was just throwing a blow-up pillow at him and said, there you are, eat that when you're hungry. <laughs> See, I think your kid's genius because that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> I said, I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. <laughs> I know, priceless. It, it was resourceful. See, I did that. But I want to say to Shazza that she's not alone. That conversation is had in every household with every adolescent, and it's just a patch. Like any teething phase as a baby or anything, it's just a phase, and we just have to be great parents and be there for them until they come out the other side. And I do believe they do. Right. They definitely do. But drink more wine. If, if your life's, life's in a mess, mess then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairy bikes.co.uk. Yeah. It's time to head to Confidential Corner, and we need one lady's name. Who haven't we asked for a name this week? Oh, you, you've been preparing, haven't you? Tasha's yeah, been preparing. Yeah, she started one. Oh, uh, what, what have you written down? Matilda. Matilda. What a great Matilda. name. Matilda's got an auger. I bet she does. Oh, well, undoubtedly. Matilda writes, Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, my brother lives on his own. He collects toys and he keeps them in their original boxes in display cabinets. While he was away on work uh, for a week, I went, I'm not laughing. I went to his house to accept a delivery. While I was there, I took my five-year-old son. Oh, no. Without me realising, he opened one of the cabinets. He took the James Bond Goldfinger Aston Martin Corgi toy with ejector no. seat no. that has never been opened no. and opened it and played with it. He did the same with the action man with eagle eyes. Yes, I had one of those. In fact, I've still got one in the garage. He opened it and played with it. But if the box, they're worth loads. Yeah. Thousands. I've managed to put them back, sort of, but should I admit to my brother what has happened, says Matilda. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, so he can kill the child. <laughs> you know, you're talking to a man with a train set, you know what I mean? Oh. Oh. I'm just thinking, if he's never going to open them himself and he's never going to sell them, how will he ever know? But he might sell them. It's, it's, it's a treasure trove. Like that Aston Martin, you know, that, that's a site on the Antiques Roadshow. It's worth good money. Is it? In a box. But if it's a box unopened, that's, that's like loads. And then the action man eagle eyes. <laughs> you know, it's, oh, no, no. It's, it's like, mind you, I don't understand, you see, why did he not have a lock on the cabinet? It's his fault. He wasn't expecting a five-year-old to come in. Well, no, that's true, actually. Um, hmm. Oh, tell him and just have a laugh. <laughs> I don't think laughing's going to happen for a few weeks after that. He's going to be furious that's happened. Well, man, he can't be that anal, surely. Oh, he can be if you collect to that extent. Oh, oh. I think so. I'm not, I'm not that bad. No. You know, like, like you said, this is a man who, do you know what? He came with me a present. 
he bought me a model Spitfire, but a really complicated one. It's going to keep Oof. me amused for hours. Oh, I so love you see, it. if anybody plays with my Spitfire or messes it up, I'm going to be really, really angry. But there again, it's different. I think a lot of people who collect this stuff, mm. they collect it as like a collector thing, investment, yeah. and and also, you know, the, the hunter-gatherer thing. I think it's a different different stick, really. Yeah, I had a friend who came to the house in France, he was a young boy, and he smashed one of my garden urns. Oh. You know, the big ones, like the amphoras. Bloody hell, really? Yeah. With what? Did he smash it? I pushed it over. His middle oh. name was Hercules, actually. <laughs> it was, you know. Luckily, I had a set of five, now I've got a set of four. Well, that's, that's frustrating. It is, really, because odd numbers are better. I just think he's never going to sell them. He wants, he's got a cabinet for them. So, I mean, he may, it may be that he's never going to sell them. It might be when he's dead and gone, someone else might sell them and he's never going to be mad. So I just, I, he, I feel keep quiet. You see, the thing is being a five-year-old, what he's probably done is rip into the boxes. So he hasn't actually peeled the sellotape off yeah, and opened them. He's going, Christmas! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. So, but you see the packaging is probably worth more than the interior. Well, I found one. I, I just uh, thought I'd Google this. A Corgi 261 James Bond Aston Martin DB5 box, all original sealed instructions. How much? 800 quid. 800, Uncle Dave? Uh, 300. Okay. Uh, Tash? I was going down the 500 mark. Yeah, it's close. It's £535. See, it's a, lot, it's a lot to be destroyed, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I know my, little, my daughter actually had a selection of these ridiculously horrible, large-eyed goggle-eyed cuddly toys she's talking about us <laughs> <laughs> cuddly goggle-eyed you're right <laughs> and he, she collected them but they all had this tiny little tag on each of the years you know with the ty on it yeah That's the bit you sell on not that she ever wanted to sell them but my littlest one when he was little just went up and went <laughs> took all the tags off each of the ears going oh they're so sweet and there was a moment of going i don't think she kept them in pristine condition she hadn't got the knowledge of selling them but I think it was all about being perfect rather than anything else. So anyway, we're not selling those. It's the same feeling. Well, there is a point where it's be a five-year-old or, or a rampant pet in the house. There is a point where you either keep your stuff safe because shit happens, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Do, 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 you know, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. If you're going to be in that arena, um, you know, I like my porcelain and, and, and you know, my pots. But I've got a, you know, some of them I know now. I'm kind of settled is I want to buy a cabinet to keep them in because mm -hmm. over the years, just out on a shelf is kind of asking for trouble, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, well, particularly with me around. <laughs> now you're all right, you're doing you control. Uh, <laughs> Boomf. Oops. <laughs> Shit. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's, uh, let's get some advice from Matilda Guerra on the table. Uncle Dave, tell or not tell? I think tell, but then you got it off your chest and it's just like, I'm really, really sorry. And I think you may think about what's the word, compensating him financially. Because after all, it's your child's your responsibility. Uncle Si? Uh, I'd tell him just for the crack. <laughs> <laughs> and postage. I'm usually honesty is the best policy, but I think if he's not going to open that cabinet for a very long time, I would keep quiet. <laughs> Oh, you naughty, naughty girl. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, Just send an email to, the agony to the agony uncle. Well, thank you so much for being with us again and giving us your problems. Indeed. And please keep sending them in because we love reading them. We do. We love answering them and we love doing the podcast. So send your emails to agonyuncles at hairybikers.com. 
www.ghostsandghosts.co.uk. And please keep them coming. And if you listen to the podcast, tick like or whatever you have to do, because it's it's great, you know, because it means... We'll, 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 subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, that's the word. Not tick like. That's a different thing, isn't it? Completely. Yeah. Subscribe, subscribe, please. Yes, because then we'll go up the charts, you see, and we need to be up the charts. Yeah. We need to be with, you know, with the Ramses. Yeah. You know, the Ramses, yeah. And Elon, Elon Musk. That's what I'm aiming for. Ooh, I was oh. talking about Ramsey Street, like, to be oh, fair. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, we need to say goodbye to the Thin White Duke. Yes, goodbye. A goodbye. Thank you. A very lovely goodbye to Tash. Yes. Bye. And from us. And from us. Goodbye, be safe, be lovely, and um, have a peaceful, quiet week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. (laughs) To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.